Welcome to MS Excellent Edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who just this very week will celebrate his 50th birthday. I give you the birthday boy, a.k.a. the Brent. Hey, how's it going? Not quite going 50, on, Aaron. You're What's not. That? Are you even 50 at this point? Old man Aaron? Me? No, we're talking about your birthday. We're talking about your birthday, my friend. Listen to that, my God. You just (laughs) You're killing that song, Dad, that's for sure. (laughs) How are you this week? I am well. How about yourself? Uh, no, I feel like double secret super crap, but I'm moving forward like a man, like a true champion, my friend. Man, I'm excited too. This show helps me get fired up, Brent, because this was a good show. Yeah, well, I hope it's going to be a good show. Well, we'll see. <laughs> this week, we are jumping in the deep end of the pool, my friend. The deep end. We're not screwing around with any MSX-1 like a chump. We're going for the MSX-2. Two. Number two. Number when you two. can double it up, why wouldn't you? Exactly, exactly. Now, uh, of course, we spun this last week on the wheel. Britt, uh, we covered the MSX-1 way, way back. In episode 94, uh, so it's been... Um, That's whoa, often whoa, called whoa. 94. Listen, I could call it what I want, Holmes. Uh, do you recall anything about the original MSX when we covered that that you liked or disliked? I I, I, I remember I played the Penguin game that was pretty okay. Yeah, I kind of like that thing. I, I don't we, remember what you what game you picked. We didn't have a problem with the... Uh, with, <laughs> We, it's like we hold a grudge. I played Magical Tree, <laughs> by the way. Uh, which oh I thought yeah, was a that game was a pretty horrible. fun game. Uh, we don't we, we don't hold a grudge when it comes to these things. So, oh yes, uh, we and, do. Well, no, with this one we did. Not recall. No, no, not feelings. this one. No. Yeah. <laughs> so when when MSX two rolled into town, I was pretty excited, Brent. Absolutely. Uh, you know, but I, honestly, I I don't know. I didn't know much about the differences between the two. So of course, you know what I do when I uh, uh, don't know. I look it up. You know what I mean. And try to try to figure out what's going on. So, just a just a, a tippy toe dive into the pool of hardware on these MSXs. Now, the MSX, the original one and the, and the second one, both products of a weird uh, developing relationship with ASCII, the ASCII Corporation and Microsoft. Man, and this is one okay. of those machines where they sort of made the technology and then they licensed it out. You know what I mean? Oh yes. So, it's funny to look at the licensing. If the manufacturers of the original MSX, there's lots of them, uh, but the MSX2 there were I, there weren't nearly as many. Uh, and but you'd recognize the majority of these. You got Philips, Sony, Sanyo, Mitsubishi, uh, JVC, Toshiba, uh, Panasonic, Canon, Yamaha. Right? These are all pretty standard, uh, uh, big yeah, time big players. Time names. Uh, the old one you had. I mean, you had the MSX1. It had probably. At least double that many people uh, that were fooled with it. You also, I should mention, Day, uh, uh, the uh, Daewoo folks also made MSX2. Some pl- a place called Talent, which I, that's what I haven't heard of. But there, a lot of people made the second one, but the first one had way more people manufacturing it. This is the same kind of uh, deal that the uh, 3DO did. You remember that? Where oh, they yes. sort of. Uh, what what do you think about approaching a console or a, or a computer with the with the licensing like that? It, well, it, a quick sidetrack. Do, do you remember when I owned a Daewoo and we hauled a pinball machine in it? I do. That hatchback. That, is that the same Daewoo that the car people also read? You think that's the same people? Oh, yeah. I would imagine so. <laughs> that's kind of neat. Uh, but uh, back but to ma- your question. Uh, I think that's a horrible idea. What? Uh, I think okay. you get all... I think even though you have the, the same base components, uh, to make the... To make your console different than the other consoles, manufacturers are going to do something. And then when you have those differences, you've got developer hell, where developers don't know what to develop for. So I think I think that licensing out stuff is just a horrible idea. I've never been a fan of it. Well, I don't know if it caused any compatibility issues. I mean, it didn't, it didn't cause any really in the uh, 3DO, for example. Well, I, it's not about necessarily compatibility issues. I'm talking about, like, if one's keyboard is this super awesome, snappy thing that you can do great things with, and then someone else makes one that's got, you know, like a membrane keyboard, and if keyboard is your main source of control... 
or a possibility of. Same thing with sticks. If one company makes like a great stick and then all everyone else has these garbage sticks, you have to develop for that. And when you Fair. can't develop for it because there's 8,000 different variants, it's bad times. Very good. Well, I hadn't thought about that, really. Um, you're, so you're probably wondering what the changes are between the, the MSX and MXS2. I did. Um, I wondered that before the show. Yeah. Well, <laughs> good thing I looked it up. We've been in trouble. <laughs> uh, Processor-wise, you've got a uh, th- this MSS2 has a 3.58 megahertz uh, Zilog Z80A, or equivalent, it says processor i think the real big deal is that is the msx2 has a video display coprocessor in it uh, the v9938 uh this uh, you know and of course you've got a ram upgrade um this thing had a a variety of options in terms of optional stuff uh you could have uh, uh extra audio ram digitizers uh, light pins you know cool stuff like that remember light pins no one uses those anymore but those were neat I always thought. I, I do remember those? light pins, but and this is this is often a, a issue with uh, computers. Yeah. If it doesn't come with or, or consoles, I should say, if it doesn't come with the console, almost no one's going to develop for it. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm sure uh, all MSX, that cool stuff was yeah. completely underutilized. Uh, the MSX2 uh, would always come with at least 128k of memory. You know. Uh, so you had a little extra memory. Now the th- these things could all be upgraded, and I mean, it's so it's hard to go into like the the pat specs, you know, these things. <clears throat> but uh, they you had a lot of upgrade options, uh, and but I think mostly that graphics coprocessor that was your that was the the, the big difference between the two. Now there are other MSXs as well. There's a as a there's a plus and a couple other ones there. So it's they kind of but there wasn't like there was a ton of them. The funny thing is, I was reading here that uh, with you know, of course, this was ASCII working with Microsoft, and uh, Microsoft was developing the 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 operating system for these things, right? And the operating system it, 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 that they put out for the MSX2 is a- almost exactly the same as DOS 3.3. If you play, if you remember using DOS, yeah, I, 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 can, I, I mean, why wouldn't Microsoft not do that? It does seem like that was. It's not the worst idea. Yeah. Eventually, Microsoft just sort of, I, from what I read, they, it seems like they just sort of lost interest in in the project and then just didn't fool with it anymore. So, kind of, kind of neat though uh, to uh, uh, to think that Microsoft was had something cooking in Japan. It's funny to think that uh, uh, you know this was this machine got fairly popular, and I say, and, I, and the I'm talking about the MSX line. It, it got fairly popular in Japan. They also released this in Europe, and I believe they also released this is another one that got released in like Brazil. You know, it's funny how Brazil gets tacked into some of this stuff. Uh, but uh, uh, I, it's funny. I was telling you before the show. I'm actually uh, I've got an Unamiga uh, Edu's uh, Unamiga for the uh, you know board that simulates an Amiga with an FPGA, and he's adding an, an upgrade board that supports some other machines, and the MSX is one of them. So I'm kind of excited to get to really dive into the msx world so this was like a little like sampler uh this week uh to get in there now there's a lot of games that there oh, well, it's not true there are some games that got released exclusively for the, for the msx2 there's as, like as a dozen. look over like literally a dozen well there's more than a dozen but there a lot of these games got released for uh, everything and supported the MSX2. And yeah, as I look over, as count. I look over the list, a lot of them are like arcade ports. You know what I mean? So, and then you, and of course, our uh, uh, Japanese RPGs are plenty, that sort of stuff. But there's some, there's some, there's probably some hidden gems in there uh, that are oh, fun. Yeah. Now, so and of course, we were tasked with finding a couple of these bad boys. <clears throat> now, I will admit, <clears throat> my MSX knowledge is. is uh, low to nil on these things, but I tried my best to find something that looked interesting. This is another week where I just basically guessed. I don't, I don't, did you have any insight? How did you pick your game? Well, first I went to the exclusive list because I wanted yeah. an MX2 exclusive. Right, me too. And then yeah. I was like, I actually flipped through about eight or nine of the games and you had already picked, so I was feeling pressured. 
And I was like, you know what? I'm going to play a type of game that I know Aaron's going to hate, but I used to enjoy these things. I want to see if I still enjoy it. And that's how I picked. Well, I, Also, well, I picked something that we never do on this show. And, and we true. should because it's a huge it's a huge part of gaming. And well, I know that we're we gonna, don't because of our time restraints, but I still yeah. picked it. We're going to kick off the show with your choice, Brent, uh, such as it is. Tell the fine folks what you picked. I went with Pumpkin Adventure 3, The Hunt for the Unknown. What? Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying nothing. Just roll on. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Pumpkin Adventure 3, the third game in the Pumpkin Adventure series, which I know nothing about. So, uh, this game kicks off, right? <laughs> and it, it, ha- it's a, a, it has a little bit of a cinematic... And then it has a scrolling text screen that goes on for a millennia. But let me summarize what the, what the scrolling text screen says. The year is, you know, uh, 2077, and we are in Los Angeles. Life's pretty good, you know? And then all of a sudden, uh, monsters start killing people in the streets. Just straight up hunting them down, murder them, leaving them in alleys. So the U.S. government is like, you know what? This sucks. Let's do something about it. So they they uh, created an organization, S O D O M, uh, and that say it, Sodom. <laughs> that's uh, right. They, that's what we created. That's, that's the organization. Right. Uh, it, it, I can't remember exactly what it stands for, but it's basically a secret police force that is trained to hunt these things, hunt these monsters. And guess what? It goes horribly. Like, it works for, like, the first few days, and then all the specially trained people start getting killed and running off because the monsters are too powerful. So they have to switch to Plan B, and Plan B is far more lucrative. Uh, They have a scientist who scans the idols of time uh, and... Finds people who have dealt with overcoming, uh, you know, overwhelming odds and come out on top. And they found these three people that had defeated Lucifer back in the BC era, like 347 BC. Lucifer. So they're like, say. all right, we're just going to go and rip them from time, bring them to Los Angeles and have them fix our problems. Yeah. And that's what they do. And then they accidentally, along with those three people, they accidentally take uh, one of the three people's girlfriends with them too. So, but she's not a hunter; she's just like a normal schmo. So they they stick her in, in uh, with the science guy. It's like, yeah, you hang out here, you won't get hurt. Uh, there are pockets of Los Angeles that are protected, and there, I mean, I like like city blocks, not like suburbs i'm talking like city blocks and that's where you start out in the safety of one of these city blocks and you have uh jeff tate with you he is the team lead for sodom and you have to explore this area and try to uh start clearing out some of these monsters so to do this jeff joins up with you he's like all right I'm going to help you learn the ropes. Uh, We've got a hotel that is being overrun by monsters. Let's go take care of it. So you and your team, this is the beginning of the game. This is chapter zero. And so hopefully uh, it won't, I'm not going to spoil anything for those who want to play it. Uh, You start out and you go to the hotel and Jeff is like, all right, we've got to clear out all these monsters. And uh, you, you start out, your characters have no equipment, and all of them can cast a heal spell. And your healer can cast a mass heal spell. Except he doesn't have enough mana to cast it. And in fact, half your crew doesn't have enough mana to do anything. You are literally, when you start the game, punching the enemies, right? 
I was so confused. You you go have all the points of history, and you this is the three people you grow, come back with, and like your team lead Jeff Tate has a blaster pistol that one shots every enemy you come up against. But you're running over there and hitting them with your fist, and it's pathetic, right? Uh, and it took me a while to understand what this game was going for. Because uh, it is it is a turn-based RPG. It uh, was re- released in 1995 uh, by Sunrise Foundation. Uh, and it was created by UMAX, which is a team of like eight people total to do all of it. I'm talking, does the music, does the graphics, does uh, uh, the animation, the layout, the maps, everything. It's a small, very small team. And the f- people that you pull from the past are actually the heroes from Pumpkin Adventure 2 who did did indeed defeat Satan in in that game. I have no idea what happened in Pumpkin Adventure 1. No idea. So I'm going through this hotel, and there's puzzles to solve. I mean, it's rudimentary stuff. Just find, find the hidden object. And there are people to talk to, and like, I came up to one person that said, that said, you know, up until the last, like, 50 years, this hotel didn't have any beds. And I was like, didn't have any beds? What in the world are they talking about? Well, then you start to kind of figure out. I mean, there are hints before that. But then you start to figure out, this game does not take itself seriously. <clears throat> this is a uh, almost slapstick-style RPG where you find weapons like butter knives or cake forks and you just uh uh your guys talk your heroes from BC time talk like surfers so you, it's not a serious RPG it's not a serious theme or tone it's all this kind of satire of itself and I knew for sure when I got to my first boss and it was King Kong that, yeah, this game is just poking fun of itself and it's having a good time doing it. What do you think of it, Aaron? I'm glad the game was having a good time. I'm glad I'm glad it was poking fun of itself because now I'm going to poke fun at it. Crap. Crap. Hated it's it. not crap. Listen to me. You didn't explain what your characters look like. Why don't you tell the people about your crew? You've got a you've got a bishop who has a he wears this huge upside down cross bishop hat everywhere he goes. Right. Then you've got a guy. I want an explanation for why that guy beat Satan. He looked like he should have worked for Satan. Then you've got the the guy that looks like he he was he came straight out of uh, Kung Fury. He's got yeah. the, he's, he's got the crazy hair, the headband. He looks like a tool. Your crew, your crew, or you've got a, a crew of idiots. You've also got like I like the bit where they they take you to the headquarters. It's a mile underground in this yeah. city, and you go through and they. Think, your boss looks like Rufus from Bill and Ted. Yeah. All right. Exactly. So the it wasn't subtle the humor in this, uh, and and when I say humor. Like it, it was, it was written. I mean, this the the opening monologue on this, and you can see it. I've got the video going. It goes on for like a thousand years. I tried my best because I make fun of boat for skipping these things. Don't skip the opening boat. You're missing all the uh, all the game. This thing, the the opening goes over like ten minutes, yeah. and then there's another twenty minute tour of everything that you can do nothing in. It's horrible. I mean, and I know that's the way these games are. And guess what? It sucks. It's the, the opening sucked. It all, I didn't like any of that. Getting around in the town, that sucks too. It's hard. It's hard to tell how to get get around into places. Just getting around, the little alleys and stuff, are they're, it, graphically, it's hard to get around. But I played the game because I'm, I'm, I'm a good soldier. I went in here and played this game. Loaded it up, and I tried to have fun with it because it is do- it's dopey with lots of dumb guy humor, you know. Uh, I, I, I tried to get into it, so I, I went. I picked up the assignment. I actually found the hotel. By the way, the hotel is called Faulty Towers. 
which yes. is another whack. That's another joke. It was an old TV show to BBC. Uh, and you go into faulty towers, and you're supposed to go and kill all these all, all these bad guys. By the way, your guys that are taken from history, they're totally cool with it. They don't have a problem. They just like they just. It's like saying here, what? It's like asking somebody for a mint. That's their reaction. They don't have any yeah. problem. Then they so you go in a hotel to kill stuff, and I've I played this. I beat everything in the hotel. Okay, okay. Uh, the combat which you didn't go into is sort of this uh, JRPG. J- yeah, it's like turn based RPG, turn based style. Listen, this is the calling this combat is being very generous. It's 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 watch the picture like it's lame. I hate this kind of combat. Not good. And you're right. One of your characters is a stud, and three of them suck. And so I use I devised I would I would split the combat up. I would crush. I would have three of my guys fight one guy, and then I knew the fourth guy could kill whatever he fought. So I would just have that's how I would do it. Uh, but uh, you do level quickly if you go through the whole the whole hotel, yeah. you know. But it it just it's slow. It's just you're hitting the fire button. I mean, you get to the point where everything dies, and so you just sit there and just go like this. Just hit the button continuously. Just like, man, please let this end. But it won't end. I, I don't. I didn't like it, man. I didn't think it was even clever. I didn't think it was funny. You know, it didn't do it for me. I, I thought the humor wasn't there. Uh, I, I didn't like the the combat. I didn't like the options. I mean, the, the, is it the worst thing I've ever played? No, it, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever played, but. It just wasn't anything special, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, I don't understand the name. I'm sure it comes into play somewhere down the line, but I don't know why it's called Pumpkin Adventure. I didn't know. I thought maybe it'd be Halloween based or something. You know, I don't know. The guys walk around. I mean, you could tell this. It does remind me of like if someone said, "Listen, we're going to play an RPG game on like an old DOS machine." This would be it. Now, I will give a couple kudos to it. The music is good. I enjoyed the music. The music's outstanding. It's it has an ad lib quality to it, or a, 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 it's it's the trumpet they use and stuff with some of the songs are, is good. I mean, now does the does the music fit the game? No, not really. It's like it's like basically being trapped in a Japanese elevator for a couple of hours as you sit there. But I mean, you hear the song; it's a good song, but it does after after a while you can get old, you know. Uh, the uh, the well, actual it ability up to, a little bit. I, not I didn't, I don't know how far you played. I, I played this for three hours. And I hit the wall. I'm like I'm done. Did you? Uh, okay, so you got to King Kong. I got to King Kong. Okay. Um, what did you think about King Kong? I thought that was a fun fight. I thought it was a yeah. good boss fight. Um, okay. Let me now that you know the particulars of the game. Let me let's yeah. real quick. Here's what's good and what's bad about it. The good parts. This is a classic style turn-based RPG. If that's your thing, you're in for a good time because it's exactly what it is. Uh, it, it looks like you can have tons of enemies. I fought up to five enemies at one time. Uh, <clears throat> it's it, it is what it is. You don't get a ton of loot. In fact, you never get uh items from enemies you always get items anything. from chests yeah. uh and so there is an exploration aspect because you want to find the chest to get your item upgrades uh but if it's a classic R- rpg style turn-based rpg style uh where the game has some issues for me is the graphics are such a way and the graphics are good uh, I don't think the combat graphics are so good because uh, there you fight things on just a black background, and that's always annoys me. And you don't but, see the enemy you're fighting; you just see some uh, like a uh, uh, an icon of them. Like oh, when, when that's, I, when, that's in the hotel. Fare. I was fighting falcons and 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 and, and hellhounds, but when you saw them in the, in the hallway, it just looked like a cloaked figure walking around real fast. Yeah, that's that's standard fare though. It's not random combat. The combat is uh, if you engage or the enemy engages you, so that's a plus. You have um, no choice. No, yes, you do. You can not avoid tons of enemies. It would come. It would. You couldn't. You 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 couldn't get around them if in the, in the halls. If the halls are too no, narrow. that's not true. It was. I, I mean, there were obviously some passageways where you had to engage, but there are plenty where you can avoid the enemy if you want to. 
Um, here's the here's my problem with the game. You aren't at a straight down viewpoint when you walk around. You're at the slight tilt, which means the complete bottom half of the screen it obscures your character as well as any like roof ledges or things like that. So there are plenty of times when you're walking around when your character is not on screen because he's behind something. And they use this as a mechanism to hide uh, items or to hide passageways. I hate that. I hate when games do that. Um, Problem number two I had with the game, like I said before, when you fight enemies, you fight them with no background. So it's just a black void. While the art for the uh, things you fight is okay, they're nothing. It's nothing stunning. Uh, having a black background is just off-putting. It does allow you to adjust the speed that your characters walk and the speed at which combat happens, which really helps on uh, travel because you can get there lickety split. You run at like warp speed in fact i couldn't even put it at the fastest it was too fast um but this game is this game is an rpg that doesn't take itself seriously that has some jokes some of them hit a lot of them miss it's just the type of humor it is uh that it plays a good rpg it plays a competent rpg so if that's your thing, if you like turn-based RPGs and you're looking for something with a future fantasy setting where you can uh, just enjoy the conversations and the wacky conversations and the crazy characters and the ridiculous situation, this is a, this is a fine game. Uh, and the only way to play it is MSX2 that I'm aware of. Uh, so you know if this sounds like something you would enjoy... I don't feel like you have to play one and two to understand the story of three. It seems separated <laughs> enough. No uh, kidding. The, the characters themselves are from the second game, so maybe that you'd have some connection with them this way, that way. But it looks like they were taken out of history before they fought Lucifer because that's why they don't have any of their powers. At least that's my guess. I don't know. It never actually says it in the, in the thing game is completely in english uh so yeah i think it's an okay time i thought this was an okay game you know i don't i've never understood these games the appeal of these games this is a perfect example of it right here you know uh i don't where is the fun i keep hearing about all these these great games it's got all this great dialogue that make people cry and 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 break down and and uh, they love these characters forever. But I'll tell you what, I've never played one yet that did that, and this one sure as heck doesn't do it. It's because you don't the, give these things enough time. That's not true, Brent. No, the dialogue in this because it looks some like, of these games it looks like Luke, my son, my eleven year old son, got liquored up and then wrote this. I mean, it's so stupid. Now I'm going to give it. The, I'm going. I assume that the translation, but I mean, I, their jokes and stuff they come across they're just horrible. I mean, the dialogue, it's so stupid. Like, it's not for adults. If this is marketed for kids or something, I can understand that. But it's not for an adult. You know, no one's going to sit down and think to themselves, I'm going to have an adult evening here playing this game because it's stupid. The combat is stupid. It's just, I, I don't like, I, I don't get these games. I do not understand them. I've never understood them. And this is just another one. It's not like this would be better or worse than anything else I tried. I just don't personally get it. I've never, I've never understood it. I mean, yeah, are the graphics okay? They're okay. Can you sort of see what you're doing? Yes, you know. But I mean, when at, when the rubber meets the road, it's dumb. It's a dumb game. And you know, saying this is a, a pretty decent adventure, no, it's not. Don't don't lie to the people. It's not decent. It's dumb. It's a dumb game. You know, at the combat, everything about it, it just it is low end. And that's okay, all I got to you say understand, Aaron, that not everything has to be super serious RPG world. It is dumb. That's the appeal. The dumbness is the appeal. And the combat you, that you keep ragging on, turn-based combat, some people love turn-based combat. It's, it, 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 it is low stress. It's more about tactics. No, no. Were there major tactics... Uh, in the portions that we play, no, because you're not advanced far enough. 
it doesn't take anything like character equipment stuff into account. But normally, in turn-based combat, especially when you get in the upper echelons, uh, it's all about strategy. Figuring out what's what enemy is weak to, what enemies uh, you know you need to heal at this time. There is a strategy into it, and it's unfortunate that you've never played one of these long enough to uh, see what they have to offer. Now, sometimes I'm in the movie for hours, hours. I couldn't believe I played this game at least as long as I played mine, if not more, because you had to. I tried desperately. I was begging to figure this out. I mean, I I, the game is not complicated. I, I tried. To give these things a chance. This you know? game, if you are not a JRPG fan, a turn-based RPG fan, this game's not going to win you over. Okay? And if you don't this like is, reading, the, I mean, the, the opening, mon- there's a ton of reading past the opening section of reading, you know, yes. where you go through this thing. Of course. And you, you didn't mention it's an RPG. That, like, for example, there are certain places where there are terminals, and you can go through and read all kinds of stuff about with the city, and what's yeah. happened and what's going on. Yeah, there's tons creatures. of lore. But it's uh it's boring. You know, I Oh yeah, I read didn't a do book. That. You know what I'm saying? It's it I don't want to sit there and read listen, anytime a movie comes on with a with a ten minute opening scroll, you know it's crap. It's it, that's a that's a joke in cinema. And so this thing having a ten minute opening scroll, I knew right away I was in deep trouble. Thumbs well, way down. That's for that, those, are, those are stupid comparisons. Carve, carve up this pumpkin, y'all. And then when it starts to rot, throw it in the garbage can. That's what I did this week with my pumpkin. Dud. Yeah, that's a it, dud. It's a, it, this game is okay if if RPGs appeal to you. This one's okay. So what? Okay, Aaron, what did you bring to the table that was so spectacular? Well, I will say this: this week it's not even close game wise. And you're not. And even you, as goofy as you are, aren't going to fight me on this one. Where uh, now, and I will admit, I had no background for this game. I literally, I just saw it. It looked pretty cool, and I grabbed it. The game I chose this week is uh, Usos, or the full title of the game, Treasure of the Usos. Now, I'm not pronouncing Usos correctly. Uh, there's a that little that little squiggly line there has you pronounce it the different way, but I'm not whatever sure how you pronounce. Usos or or Usos, uh, but I'm going to call it the treasure of Usos. So, what is the treasure? The treasure of Usos. Not easy to say for one thing. Uh, this game published and developed by Konami. So that right there instantly tells you something. It's Konami, and this is back when they were kicking it and they were doing. They were getting a lot of good stuff out. Uh, this came out in '87 and is what you would t- call a. Uh, a uh, basically a single screen. Uh, I, I would call this an action puzzle game. Let's go there. The puzzle uh, platformer. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a well. It, yeah, I would say it's a platform, but there are puzzle elements. So you talk about backstory. This thing, I had to go. <laughs> I had to do some work just to look up <coughs> what was going on in this game. I will say, much like Brent's game, this is mostly in English, which I'll get to the the non English parts in a minute. And there's also a, uh, a patch for this game that was to make it pretty much fully English. So this game revolves around you work for a professor, right, at the Oriental History Department, okay? And his basically they're, they're in financial trouble, and he reads in the paper about a, uh, a statue of Usos that has been uh, found in India with these markings on its forehead, right? And so he sends you out, you the two of you out, to try to get these things. Because it's basically, this is like the whole premise of this is it's a fundraiser. They need money at the museum, and they and he sees money in, in uh, getting this getting this stuff going with Usus. So he sends you out. Now you've got one of two characters you can pick from when you start the game. You've got Wit and Kless. Uh, these guys have different uh, abilities, which we'll get to in a moment. So uh, when you start off on your journey here, this game gives you a choice as to where what you're going to actually do, which is a welcome choice, I might add. You At the very beginning, you get to pick what you're going to do. 
uh, when you pick your character and pick where you're going to go, you are off. And your goal is to get through these tombs uh, to recover the, the item at the end. Uh, when you recover all the uh, all the items at the end of the of the four tombs, you can go to the fifth tomb to actually uncover that p jewel from that area. So there, and then once you clear all the areas and get all the jewels you need, you can go have the final battle, which I didn't. It come anywhere near that. Uh, this game is sort of a throwback. I mean, like I said, it's <coughs> it's from it's from eighty seven. But it's a it's a screen it's a flip screen thing that doesn't scroll you just go from screen to screen so it's sort of like uh, uh, sort of like say a uh, uh, Montezuma's Revenge or something where you each room has its own puzzles the one difference in uh, this game from a lot of games is that is that the things you do in one room will carry over to another room uh, for example you have the ability to push around blocks and there are some instances where you'll push you'll push a block from one room to another room and so or, or or throw it off a ledge and and then you can use it to access an area in the room below it uh, which is it's kind of neat uh, you also uh, the two characters are very different uh, uh, in terms of the way they play so class uh, has uh, a kick attack right and and he's has a faster he's faster but he can't jump very high and then uh, uh, Wit can jump really high and has a ranged weapon, but he but he's not he's weak. <clears throat> and on top of everything else, this game also has a mood system, and this is where the Japanese comes into play. Uh, the The mood system is represented by this kanji at the top of the screen. There are four different kanji. I've actually got a translation of them here uh, to tell you what they do. They actually are. Uh, joy, anger, sadness, and ease. Okay, by ease is like being cool. Uh, these icons will appear throughout a level, and they're intricate to the to the game because what you, you'll need to uh, be in a different mood depending on situations. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, with wit, if you've got if you're in the joy mood, that means you've got a triple shot and a double jump, but you can't push blocks. If you're in an anger mood, you've got a flame shot, but and you can and you push blocks faster. If you're sad, you can't rapid fire and you can push blocks faster. And if that ease, you can shoot rapidly. Uh, and, so they each do different stuff. They allow you to open up different aspects of your character's abilities. They're also important uh, for when you for accessing certain areas and fighting the end boss because the end bosses often will require you to be in a certain mood to fight them, which is kind of weird uh, if you think about it. <laughs> if you're going to, like, for example, if an end boss requires you to be in an easy mood, you know, and it's funny because when you're, for example, when you're at ease, your guy will kind of like, looks like he's whistling. And when he, and, and when they're sad, it looks like they're crying. And sometimes when they're angry, they look, they do look pissed off. So, I mean, you could, even without being able to read the kanji, you could, you could tell what their mood is. Uh, but uh, it helps if you can, uh, there's a patch that lets you, that turns that into some sort of, uh, more uh, English easy uh, thing to read, and really, the funny thing is that's the only kanji in the in the game, uh, except for the, you know when you come across those parts of the uh, of the game where the kanji pickups are, and then that matches the thing on the top. But I mean, really, once you play this for a while, you'll get the you'll get the picture. You won't really need it. Uh, your guy has a life bar. It's a generous life bar. Uh, both guys start with the same amount of life at the beginning. Uh, the uh, uh, so, I mean, you can play for a while. I'd say as far as Konami games go, because I was afraid this was going to be a real uh, butt-kicking type game. But that's actually, uh, you get lots of time to go in and uh, and figure out what you're doing. A lot of the enemies are comprised of these guys. that are, It sort of reminds me of the uh, enemy generator in Gauntlet. This, uh, they're usually, it's like a cross or something. Sometimes it's a skull. But what it is is basically a thing that generates a bad guy. Unlike those other games, you can't destroy them, and so they're, they're, it's going to keep generating bad guys. You just sort of have to leave, basically, when you see when you see them uh, coming around. You can and you can shoot them or karate kick them. Uh, I, I did find the controls on this okay, not great. Uh, the uh, uh, the truth of the matter is that the fellow that does the kicking is much more difficult to use in comp, close combat. Uh, just because you have to time it right, or you take damage, and eventually that damage just just wears on you, and and, and it'll kill you. Uh, you can also upgrade your abilities uh, after a spell to get money, which is cool. Uh, you uh, 
you also have to contend with a lot of, uh, and this is what got me killed more often than not. There's a lot of of uh, platforms that move up and down and left and right, which is fine. But if you actually get caught up under one of these, it'll it'll instantly kill you, regardless of your hit points, because you get crushed. That did you did that happen to you a lot, Brent, when you were playing this? Absolutely. And when I begin my furious rant on this, uh, I'll go over that in higher detail. I want to hear this because I think this game, I really honestly think this game is a real hidden gem. Uh, I I was stunned. I mean, I, you know, I'm not a huge like Castlevania guy or anything. I know this game's got a lot of press, but this game is right up my alley, man. It reminded me a, a little bit of something like a, like I said, a, of a Montezuma's Revenge or something. I like games where you jump around on platforms and stuff. I think the platforming this is pretty fair. I mean, like I said, you've got one guy that can't jump very well, and so he's a lot more challenging. Uh, a lot of times with the with the fellow that can't jump very well, you have to position blocks in certain areas. Uh, you have to you have to so you can jump on top of them, you know, uh, to get places. Uh, I thought the music in this was really good. The mu- the soundtrack of this thing is sort of a very uh, well thought of. I believe they said that the f- same guy that did the Castlevania music did the music in this, which that would make sense since it's a Konami game. Uh, so I thought the music was okay. Actually, I, it's funny. I, one of the things I will say about your game, I thought the music was pretty awesome. And I thought the music in this was okay, but I didn't think it was like, it didn't blow me away. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, but uh, the... Uh, the, there are codes that you can skip entire levels in this, so you don't have to go through like when you go to a, a tomb with a, which is a series of four uh, four tomb raids plus a plus a final boss. You can skip those if you get a if you have the code, uh, so you can skip you know depending on where you left off. So you're not dedicated to having to play this thing the whole way through over and over because it is a long game. I mean, you can be playing it for quite a while uh, and to get there. Uh, but I, I like the I like the amount of gameplay you're going to get here. I mean, I never I didn't even get off the first set of tombs, uh, much less get to the fifth set or the, the final boss. I'd be four sets plus the boss, so it's 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 a difficult challenge. Uh, there are some subtleties you have to get used to, um, and the enemy the co- continuously respawning enemies is not n- my favorite in a game. I, <laughs> you know. It, it's okay. You've got flying enemies in this that can be a, a real hassle to play. Uh, if you get killed in this, uh, or get it, basically, effectively, it says you got captured and you get to switch to the other guy, which seems great, but if you're not very good with the other guy, or, or if you're in a situation where the other guy is, is a more of a detriment, then it can be a, a problem. <laughs> and I will say, of the two guys, I mostly played uh, I mostly played uh, uh, Wit because he had the uh, gun and he had it, it, better jumping. But like I said, there are situations where the other guy is better. For one thing, uh, pushing a- around blocks and stuffs a lot easier with him. Wit is really weak most of the time. It's hard for him. To- okay, you're starting to repeat, so I'm going to okay, go ahead. In. Get in. <clears throat> this game almost so close with just a few tweaks, could be an absolute 10 out of 10. Uh, It is a challenging but fair platformer that has some incredibly uh, ingenious aspects to it. The mood system, picking up the different icons, I wish it was done slightly differently. I wish that instead of just being, uh, you know, the words, you know, sad or, or happy or whatever. I, I wish that would, they would have went with a little more detail on that. Uh, something you only sort of mentioned. It's not that you have to be in a certain mood to fight the boss. You have to be in a certain mood to open the door right. to get to the boss. Right, right, and, right. And the reason why that's a pain in the butt is you don't know what mood you need to be in until you find the boss door. Yeah. That I find is a tremendous flaw because it has you, you go going hunting. all the way to the boss door, not knowing what you actually need to get into it, and then you've got a one in four chance. Yeah, and uh, if you don't have what you need, then you have to go hunting for it. So it means yeah. a lot of backtracking. I wish they would have had something where you could have uh, 
had at least some kind of clue, maybe something scrawled on the door, like a little riddle uh, that would have made it, you know, something you could have possibly understood what you were supposed to do before you got to the boss door. Uh, <clears throat> so I agree. I, I, I think, think they, a, I think they tried to artificially uh, like lengthen the they game. Absolutely they absolutely don't need to uh, yeah. because this game's pretty long. I, I agree with that. It, it that's that really does. I don't like having to go all the way back through. And some of those, sometimes you can't even hardly find the the right mood to get to uh, icon. Yeah. And then there's always the possibility you're going to accidentally grab the wrong one on your way back, which happened to me. Uh, it I, I, it irritates me. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I'll give you that one. The uh, <clears throat> the next thing about this game that I found kind of annoying is one character, uh, Wit, who has the gun and the uh, superior jumping skills is infinitely more valuable than your close-range combat guy. And it's not that I just wasn't good with close-range combat. The jumping aspect of it, uh, of your other character, is so much better than the than the martial artist that it's he's just a detriment. <coughs> I assume also, that later on in the game... in this game, you fly like crazy. Uh so much so that if you're you can actually use the knockback as a way to get to platforms you're not supposed to get to yeah yeah and I did that. that's not good uh that's unfortunate because it is i mean even if they would have said wit gets knocked back this far and then the other guy the martial artist doesn't get knocked back as far that would have been at least a kind of a neat twist uh would have made the martial artist a little more useful in some situations but the absolute killer for me on this game, the absolute reason why I quit, because uh, I made it to, I made it all the way through the first world, and I oh, made wow. it halfway through the second world. Um, How was the boss in the first world? Uh, it kind of, kind of lame. Uh, it, this game has a lot of repeat enemies and repeat bosses. There's only uh, so many boss varieties, and when you fight the statues that actually holds the treasure, you get four keys and then you fight the ultimate thing for the statue. They're kind of lame. Unfortunately, the, the, the bosses for the keys are much better, but the absolute killer for me in this game is the one hit kills. When you are given a vitality bar and the, uh, I mean, if the vitality bar is very tough, you have to use your coins basically to heal uh, and to buy upgrades for your people. Yeah. So it's a balancing act of, well, do you want to be able to run faster or jump higher? Or do you want to use that to heal so you can, you know, continue on? The capture system, by the way, genius. But when you're playing a game that has a fatality bar and you die from one hit, and I'm not talking about you fall on spikes or you, you know, you fall in a bottomless pit. These are being squished by just platforms normal platforms <clears throat> it's so frustrating because it didn't have to be that way they could have just hit your character and spit them to the left or right and it would have made the game exponentially more enjoyable my very first death and my very last death were both the same way i got hit by an enemy which pushed me under a platform which kissed killed my character instantly yeah. That's not fun. And it is that aspect that holds this game, that makes this game good, not great. Uh, also, you can farm money, and which kind of makes the upgrades uh, meaningless. I wish they, they would have avoided that. I farmed something like 5,000 coins, which, which was enough to upgrade my characters to full plus have plenty of money to heal uh and it only took like seven minutes uh, i found a spot where you could just go up and down and just keep getting a 10 coin i just did it over and over and over you think they um, had a time limit to br- I, I was i noticed that myself you can't have a time limit in this type of game because- well, I, mean, I guess you're right but it is odd that they would add a, a an element of money earning i had the exact same thoughts oh, i had a tons of cash it wasn't hard to get uh, you know, but I, I thought to myself, why? Wonder why? I thought there was. I get much like the, uh, much like the fact that the martial artist is the weaker of the two guys. I just assumed that somewhere ahead, that there would be a point where that would change. And so, well, and, he is much stronger. 
His right, hits. but I mean, let's face facts. You don't want to use him. No. Also, why does a martial artist have a crappier jump? You think he should have better jump? Well, and, <laughs> and the martial artist can get one of his things gives him a roll attack, which is the most powerful move in the game. Because well, yeah, it makes yeah, you you're basically indestructible when he's rolling. Yeah. Uh, but, but you got to be careful where you roll, or you'll get smushed. Right. Well, yeah, yeah that. Plus, yeah, that you know, to me too. since you aren't allowed to keep these power ups because it, the game forces you uh, to get certain power ups to advance. Which, I, again, I don't really have a problem with that. I just wish I knew what I needed before I... I, I, did, I don't have to go all the way to the end to find out what I need. However, all that said, this is definitely a game I think you should check out. Uh, I think this is something that is worth getting an MSX emulator for to try. Yeah. Um, or a Wii think- Virtual Console. If you've got yeah, that, or on the Wii Virtual Console, I think this is good enough that you need to check this out. I agree. Now, I, I, just not to compound some I didn't like, but I, the enemy placement, some of the enemies are real. It's a real hassle. You know what is it with Konami and the knockback from getting hit at thing? Yeah, I did right. Everything you said, I did and using the hits to get the level which you weren't supposed to get to. I did that, which is fine. But I mean, it just it is a hassle to get knocked back into stuff. Uh, and I never liked that in any game. In this game, you do fly back. I mean, there's a lot of knockback in this. Yeah, the knockback is really ridiculous. And I also agree with you on this. I mean, at first, I can understand why you were getting killed. I assume this is like a big, heavy stone thing sitting on you. But it happens so frequently because of the knockback and because of circumstances that it becomes, it does become irritating. That's why it's face facts. Especially when you get a good game going, man. Yeah. You know, and, and, and what's the worst is like when you've got a real good game going and you're way into the level when it happens, and then you've got to bring in that karate guy. It's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and you know it's going to be trouble. I, the hand-to-hand combat in this, like I said, I had real difficulty doing it efficiently. Like, yeah, it's consistently poor. without getting hit. You know what I mean? The, the hitboxes have issues. Uh, yeah. Well, also his fact that he's his kick is real. Sh- I mean, he's tiny, so he didn't kick very far. Yeah, you know, and so you I have still to wait think this little- is. I still think this was an excellent game. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I got to. I think it was either two, 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 or two, three, and I think there are a total of four worlds. Uh, you did great. You did and, real well, and I enjoyed my time with it until I got killed. Stoop. I mean, it, it was a complete screw job. And, you know, after that, I didn't want to play anymore. It, it doesn't mean I won't go back to it because I had fun during my time. Yeah. But when a character, when a player feels like they got ripped off, yeah. I mean, the game didn't beat me because the game was better. I feel like I lost because the game cheated. This uh, is, that's bad, bad game design. This is and a prime game for save states, too. Really, if you're Well, gonna, yeah, if you want to do that. I, I didn't. Yeah. Well, I don't want to do that in a game. I, do I don't like want to have to do codes. that. codes. You know, did you? I guess you knew about the codes. Yeah, uh, so yeah, the, yeah. The, I got one. help. Um, I should mention that uh, oh, something else. A lot of the places in this are real life places. That's kind of cool. Even the codes are real life places, uh, which the passwords. That's kind, which is kind of neat. Now, get here's some wackiness I found out just looking around. <clears throat> so, you could actually this thing had a couple of cartridge slots. Okay, and so sometimes I guess people sit around doing this. You could have another cartridge stuck in one slot, and it would affect what you're playing. Did you know that? No. So, for example, <laughs> uh, I was reading here, if you have F1 Spirit, which I almost co- I almost picked that one. If you have F1 Spirit in a cartridge slot and you're playing, you're playing Usus, you will always have uh, the special power. Uh, Kles can walk over gaps, and Wick can jump midair all the time. If you've got huh. Nemesis 2 in, you could continue with the F5 key after a game over. If you have Metal Gear in, you'll lose half the energy. You'll, you'll, like, you only lose half your energy. And if you've got a game called The Maze of Gallius in, you'll get 100 coins at the start of the game. Now that is wacky. Think about That's that. That's pretty awesome. I, I, I completely endorse that. I mean, it's really unusual. Uh, that's very strange. I've had a couple reviews. These are sort of more modern reviews that were after the fact. Uh, the Games Machine gave this 88 uh, out of 100. Uh, they they were fairly impressed with it. And ASM 
uh, an 89 gave this an 80%. So I would say, I would say my thoughts on it would lie somewhere in between. I will say I did try to, did you try to find your game on eBay? No, there's no chance. I looked on eBay for mine. I didn't find it, but I did look to see what an MSX2 was going for. And they are available to be shipped out of Japan uh, and all points east. You know, like uh, uh, I saw them shipping out of like, I think I saw one in like Poland and stuff. So, I mean, these were fairly popular in Europe. You can get one of these things, a working one, uh, Brent, for uh, starting out the low end. Right, one hundred and sixty-three U.S. dollars. That's not counting the shipping you're going to pay, and you can. And I saw them going ranging as anywhere in between one hundred and sixty-three and five hundred bucks. And a lot of that depended on the extras you got with it, the condition of it, boxes and whatnot. So, and these are pretty handsome looking units. I mean, I think they look nice, little wedge machines. Uh, they're good looking units. I can see why they're popular for, with collectors. Uh, because they they have a very modern sort of sleek style to them, really. Uh, if I'm honest, and I did try uh, several. Did you try any other MSX2 games while you had this thing up and running? Yeah, I, I tried a few. I mean, I, I think the games we picked are uh, of high quality for the system. Yeah, yeah. I know you didn't like my game, but I mean, the art and the sound was it was good. Um, I played some other stuff that was really bad. Yeah. Uh, just flipping through different games. And then I've also played some stuff that looked like it would have been interesting if I would have stuck with it. There's a pretty big disparity on this system between what looks yeah. good. What, for example, like I, th- I mean, I thought my game looked awesome. I mean, it's it, it looked pretty decent. Top shelf. Then I tried, uh, I saw that uh, amongst the offerings for the MSX2 was Outrun. And you'll recall that Outrun on the Amiga, for example, is double secret death. Yeah. And so I tried out right on this, and it sucked. <laughs> it was also <laughs> no good. It was really, I was surprised how poor it was. Uh, so, you know, your mileage may vary on these. But, yeah, pick yourself up an MF, MSX2 or 1. I think you'd probably have a a, a good time uh, wheeling around on it. You know, Aaron, do we have any Discord reviews for these? We didn't have any. <laughs> oh, that, that's kind of heartbreaking. But I really any- think... I really think your game would have appealed to a very wide audience. I was surprised, but I don't think a lot of people are into the MSX. I was surprised, too, uh, because there was a lot of banter to play it. But they, no, we didn't get the Discord action this week. We'll give her a shot next time. But what we do have this time is some sweet wheel action, bro. Let's fire oh. this sucker up. So, Brent, uh, this week we added uh, two items to the wheel here. We've got um, the Retro Rewind piece. One of our uh, one of our favorites from before you came on the SG one thousand, and uh, the the extra piece this week we added was fight our fight piece, which we'll get into if it comes up. Let's spin this sucker. What are you hoping for this week? Uh, you know what? I something off the wall. I'm sure we've got something just completely off the wall in there. Let's do some off the wall. Here we go. Oh my. Well, this should be a crowd pleaser, Brent. It's Amiga versus Atari ST, Brent. Oh never my. Never done a versus for a while. So tell the people how the versus uh, pieces work, Brent. Well, Aaron, are you going to uh, take the mantle for the Amiga, I assume? You know, I think I should take the Amiga mantle since I am Amigo Aaron. Uh, I'll go with the Amiga and I'll let you have the ST. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, kind sir. <laughs> I'm going to win. <laughs> so next week, we are going to come with our arguments of why our system was better. Uh, the Atari. And now, Aaron, I think you should be limited to uh, an Atari 500. You mean an Amiga? Or, yeah. <laughs> I think you should be limited to an Amiga 500. I can, I can, I'll, I'm down with that. No problemo. Right. And, and I will uh, tackle the virtues of the Atari ST, and we will come back and, and just prove uh, with with video evidence that our system was the superior computer. I like it. It sounds good to me, man. It, it uh, should be a romp. Now, I see a very research-heavy week in my future. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brent, before we put this thing to bed, we've got several pressing announcements. I'll, I'll kick the announcements off. 
Uh, coming up in just a few weeks, it's amazing how quickly it's come upon us, Brent. Uh, it will be, uh, uh, I'll see here, it'll be November 27th, uh, uh, just at, at 9 a.m., It's it, we're going to kick it off. It's the ARG Thanks for Giving Marathon, Brent. Yes. Tell the folks about the marathon. We are going to take your selections, and uh, I will admit that I did overrate the file of your selections, so I'm trying to piece that back together. You uh, moron. Can we, you, aren't but you a we will take your selections. Add them to the wheel, and every single piece of them will be spun, and we will be playing them for thanks for giving. It is our way of saying thank you for all the support, the charity work, uh, all the charity givings that you, the 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 viewing and listening populace, give uh, to support the amigos and to support uh, ARG presents and to support you know the channel at large. Well said. Well, how did you, you erase the file? I, I overwrote. I, it was a Google. Uh, I was on Google Docs, and I started typing something, and I just feverishly just highlighted everything and typed what I needed to type, and uh-huh. without realizing what I was doing. I think I speak for all the listeners when I say, "You dumb." I know, I, and I'm trying to piece it back together. I've been trying for weeks, really. So if so anyone wants to resubmit ago. what they gave for thanks for giving, uh, I will happily accept it. You're killing me. Um, I also want to mention that coming up, uh, uh, just a, a couple weeks after thanks for giving, uh, this will be December 12th at 5 p.m. It will be the second meeting of the International Computer Club, Brent. Uh, the first meeting was very well received, and so we're going to tempt fate and have a second International Computer Club meeting. Uh, if you are a member of the uh, ARG Discord or the Amigos Discord or Pixel Gaiden Discord or the Sprite Castle Discord, which we're all one big Discord family, uh, feel free to roll over to the International Computer Club section of the Discord and sign up. The sign-up sheet's still available. I'm going to leave sign-ups up for just a smidge longer, probably another week or two. Uh, and we will be, and anything goes, if you've got a video, a presentation, uh, if you just want to rant for a few minutes about something, if you want to uh, chair a small discussion, whatever you'd like to do, it's a fair game here as we go around the table and just talk about what's going on internationally. In the classic computer area, it's it's sort of our uh, interim thing to do since a lot of us can't get it together with our real computer clubs because of the coronavirus. So it'll be a lot of fun. Again, if you uh, are in our Discord, feel free to sign up. And if you don't want to sign up or aren't even in our Discord, you're still welcome to join us. Uh, we'll be uh, doing it on Zoom, Z-O-O-M, and the link will be provided the day of the show. So it should be a lot of fun, Brent. Uh, yes, to do International Computer Club. One thing I want to mention, uh, we ARG Presents has shifted our paradigms. We're working our parallels, and we are now part of the Patreon network. Uh, and we have just posted a new goal for a monthly show where you and I throw down old school in a high score challenge or one-on-one fighting challenge or whatever might be the monthly choice, uh, if that goal is hit and maintained, we are going to produce that show on a monthly basis, and it, I assure you it will be over-the-top action. Yeah, uh, Aaron and I have already went over a few ideas. Yeah. Uh, you want to see me drop the hammer on Brent again so and if again. You would, if you would like to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash Presents. Uh, give the page a look. I'm slowly building it up. I am not well versed in Patreon, but I'm trying to learn. Yeah, yeah. Just make sure you don't erase anything, Spudhead. I I know, man. I know. All right, next week it's Atari ST versus Amiga. There's gonna be another beatdown. It's gonna be an old school biblical style beating as I put the boots to Brent in the Atari ST. So if you want to see a good old fashioned stomp down, tune in next week. Until then, I bid you all. Good day. Pumpkin. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector graphics and Bartvik for our closing music. 
We want to say hello to our podcast listeners, our YouTube subscribers, and our Twitch chat. A big thank you to all of our supporters. Would you like to keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at our new Patreon page at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Xenon Canine, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Hermsky, Retro Algae, Mitsuyama, Dave Velociraptor, Chris Fools, Bernhard Lucas, Steve Rathmussen, Frodo NL, The Slow Norris, John Schaller, Gary Heather, Terry Howard, Anthony Jarvis, Olaf Hope, Rollflow, Jason Warns, and Graham W. Vecchi. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay too. You can support us by leaving us a positive review on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can email us at argpresents at mail.com. We film live every Sunday at 9 a.m. EST. Hope to see you there.